0: Hey guys, Bill here. Welcome back to another episode of the Bill Barnwell show presented by DraftKings, America's top rated sportsbook app. We're going to get started in a second. But first, I wanted to remind everyone to make sure you're staying up to date on all of your fantasy football news with ESPN's fantasy experts, Matthew Berry, Field Yates, Stefania Bell, Mike Clay, and Daniel Dopp on the Fantasy Focus Football Podcast you at daily strategy, previews, and injury reports to ensure you have all the information you'll need for your fantasy football team. So download and subscribe to Fantasy Focus Football or, of course, The Bill Barnwell Show, which you're listening to right now, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're going to have Dan Graziano on the show today predicting his favorites and sleeper picks for the different NFL stack categories like passing yards, rushing yards, rushing touchdowns, all that good stuff on the show in a minute. But first, this podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there is no competition. And right now, get $5 off any eight corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a Jets Pizza location near you. Again, try Jets Signature 8 Corner Pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza, better because it has to be. Now, here's Dan Graziano and our show. All right, now joining me, as promised here on the show, frequent contributor, someone I wanted to get on before the season started, Someone who is one of the smartest people we have at ESPN covering the NFL on a day-to-day basis, my friend Dan Graziano. Dan, how are you?
1: I'm great after an intro like that, Bill. How are you doing?
0: I'm great. As we were just talking before the uh, before show started. We are seven days away from the Same NFL thing. season as we record this. It, it feels like it's gone quickly, and also it feels like it's been six years since there was a football game
1: there's no doubt that there has never been an off-season. I mean, remember, don't, don't we long for the days when when we were working on uh, CBA negotiation updates? That was just February and March. That's, mm-hmm. I mean, that feels like a million years ago. And now since then, it's been, I mean, hopefully something we'll, ne- we'll never have to go through again. That's for sure.
0: Yes, I am hoping for that as well. Um, but right now, I mean, given that we have a generally uh, positive set of COVID results from the NFL, sorry, a, you know, negative in terms of, uh, you yeah. know, not having people this positive, but positive in terms of the, you know, people are seemingly healthy and ready to go, which is great news. And um don't know what's going to happen once the season starts, but we're going to kick off on time here. And so, before we get to next Thursday's action, wanted to sit here with you and talk about our projected stat leaders. You know, I'm a big stat nerd. That's what I like to do. I like look at the numbers. So I'm having you join me on this. We're going to talk about our our picks for the leaders. In a bunch of the major stat categories over the 2020 season and kind of see, you know, what that tells us about uh, who might surprise, who might be disappointing, what it tells us about the upcoming season. So, Dan, let's start with, I think, one of the simpler ones, maybe. Let's go with passing yardage. Who is your pick Mm. to lead the NFL in passing yards in 2020?
1: I feel like there is an obvious one here, but I, I don't like to go with obvious. So when I, I was asked to do this, we have thing coming out on ESPN.com with some, some picks. I went with Matt Ryan of the Atlanta Falcons. Okay. I like it. And I think, you know, he has never done it, but he's been top five, seven out of the last eight years. And the other year he was sixth. So he's always right there. Right. Mm-hmm. and, I don't know. I, I have – I just feel like that team is going to score points. I, I, I like their additions in the offseason. Like, I think Hayden Hurst is, like, one of the underrated pickups mm-hmm. of the offseason, um, a former first-round pick that just kind of got passed on the depth chart and when the offense changed around him in Baltimore. Uh, and then, obviously, Todd Gurley. But I, I think Matt Ryan's always right there. So, uh, I'm picking him because I think that's a team that's going to score a lot and probably need
0: to score a lot. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I think it makes total sense. And if you look at our projections at ESPN.com, Mike Clay, who puts together those projections, agrees with you. He has Matt Ryan as the he has leader, Ryan number one, All right leader then. in passing yardage. So you're in good company, smart company here. My man, Mike with Clay, Matt Ryan. Um, I guess the obvious person I was referring to was Patrick yeah. Mahomes, and I mean, I, I don't think I could fault anybody who would pick Patrick Mahomes as the passing yards leader for the upcoming season. But I think a lot of the points you made make a lot of sense. This is a Falcons team that we know throws the ball a ton. We know probably, even if their defense got better, even if they added pieces over the offseason, I don't think that defense is about to get really good. And so you figure a lot of possessions, a lot of high-scoring games, you're playing in a dome. I mean, all all those things contribute to a relatively positive situation. And on top of that, the one thing you might pick apart when it comes to Patrick Mahomes is this is a guy who you know he's in, he's incredible but he'll also extend a play for 10 or 12 seconds trying to find somebody to get open and you can suffer an injury that way he did miss a couple games last year mm. Matt Ryan did miss a game last year but it was the first time he'd missed a game since 2009 so I mean this is a guy who has been extremely healthy you can't I, I don't know if you can project anybody to play 16 games and feel 100 percent confident about it but he's pretty close in terms of this quarterback class so I think absolutely he is going to be a, one of the guys in the discussion there. And I think that it's a very reasonable, uh, you know, not, not, not contrarian, but it's a pick that I think makes a lot of sense. The more you think about it. Um, is there a long shot for you who stands out? I mean, Ryan is, You know, even if he's on a long shot, like you said, he's a guy who's been towards the top five or six here or there. So not the first person you think of, but I think a really smart pick. Is there someone who nobody's thinking about right now or very few people are thinking about who you think would be a solid uh, passing yard pick here?
1: Yeah, I don't know if it's cheating to pick the guy that led the league in passing yards two years ago, but I think Ben Roethlisberger is a guy not a lot of people have been thinking about after missing all but two games last year. Uh, I think, you know, the Steelers are a team that, You know, look, they just went eight and eight with with backups playing quarterback and not very good backups uh, last year. So Roethlisberger coming back, reports are that he's feeling healthy, that his arm is much better. You know, he's still got Juju Smith-Schuster. He's got all those young receivers. We know how good Pittsburgh is at developing players at that position. They have a run game. I I think this is a – I think Roethlisberger leading the league in passing yards is not out of the question. He threw for over 5,100 just two years ago before he got hurt and – if we believe what he says, he feels better than ever. So that's, that was the guy I thought.
0: It does seem weird that we're sort of just ignoring the possibility that the Steelers have, you know, one of the best defenses in football from what we saw a year ago, and then one mm-hmm. of the best offenses in football from what we saw two years ago. I mean, no Antonio Brown, but otherwise, you know, a lot of the pieces that were there two years ago playing well are still on this roster. And if Ben is healthier, that's a, that's a scary football team.
1: Yeah, I think that – I mean, everybody loves Baltimore, and for good reason. Uh, I think the Browns will be better. I think that division looks really tough. But I I think Steelers are one of the top bounce-back picks for this year and and, uh, led by a quarterback who could be a a comeback player of the year candidate.
0: Absolutely. Um, That is a stacked class, by the way. We were doing our awards picks a couple weeks ago. There are a lot of comeback player of the year candidates. Oh, comeback – yeah.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, you know, you hope obviously for the best for a lot. Of, I mean, all these guys, but uh, but yeah, it's uh, it goes to show. Last year didn't feel. You know, we had a year a couple of years ago where it felt like every quarterback got hurt. Last mm-hmm. year didn't necessarily feel like that, but but yeah, you're absolutely right. That it's not a um, it's not short on uh, candidates there. A the couple guys down in Tampa stand out.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> in terms of possible long shots for me. mm-hmm, I think does Jared Goff count as a long shot, or is that too too obvious of one?
1: I don't. I mean, I don't know what his current uh, fantasy ADP is, but my guess is he counts as a long shot if we factor that in. I mean, I think that's a team. The Rams are. Uh, I don't know where the Rams are right now in terms of their <laughs> their. Uh, progress in their franchise history. It seems like not necessarily on the up anymore, but I mean, Sean McVay and Jared Goff and, and the, you know, those receivers, I think uh, if they can keep him protected, it's certainly not out of the question he could he could put up big numbers, and we've seen it before.
0: Yeah, I just think it's a situation where, I don't know how good that defense is. I think they're going to have yeah. to throw a lot. They want to throw a lot anyway. They're not, you know, they, they'll say they're a run they for team, but when you look at what they actually do in reality, they throw a lot. They're a very pass-happy team. Um you know, obviously a
1: lot more fun. Yeah.
0: yeah, of course. So, yeah. And, um, you know, they're deep at receiver. I, I could see that being a very uh, productive passing offense, even if I'm at least a little concerned about the Rams on the whole as a team. Anyone mm-hmm. else who comes to mind to you or someone who's not getting a lot of attention, but might be a good, uh, you know, might, might be someone who flies up the charts unexpectedly.
1: You know, I, I don't want to necessarily sound insensitive or like I'm making light of a situation here, but one of my sons said, well, why not Matt Stafford? He's already had the virus. So, you know, you figure maybe he's immune. He won't have to uh, to miss any time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stafford's a guy that makes some sense anyway. Sure. But um, it, it's not a crazy thing to think about, right? I mean, like, you know, you, some of these guys might have to miss a couple of games depending on test results and all that. And, uh, you know, if it's already been through parts of uh, the Detroit locker room then, then maybe that is an advantage just some some one possible quirk of the season for people to think about like it sounds like you're making a joke but not necessarily
0: no of course I mean you know it's not like I I think the idea that teams are going to keep quarterbacks you know basically in locked rooms to keep them away from other quarterbacks I don't think that is going to happen I don't think that's realistic but I do think that you know we have to deal with that uncertainty there's like you know I, I mentioned Matt Ryan is you know, as close to a lock as possible to play 16 games, there is no guarantee that anyone is a lock to play 16 right. games this year. And that could be not just the, you know, themselves, uh, themselves getting the disease, but also just a, a teammate gets it and they have to miss a game or they forfeit a game or we yep. don't have no idea what's going to happen. So I think at the end All that of the day, stuff's on the table. right. It, there's so many different possibilities for how this season could go. But I, I think that Matthew Stafford is a very solid pick a guy who was on pace to almost throw for 5,000 yards last year before he went down injured. So, you know, he showed he could do that last year and they're getting a lot of those pieces back.
1: Yep. Yeah, I, have, I mean, I've, it's, when we get to receivers, I have one or two guys to mention there.
0: Are you brave enough to take the Lions challenge that uh, myself and Mina, <laughs> Will Brinson, and uh, all these other people are on to, to for the Lions to win the NFC North? Do you see that as a possibility? To win the North?
1: I, I, I think that, that took a hit. After the uh, Yanni Kangakwe trade to Minnesota, I think that was a that was a little bit of a a blow uh, against the Lions when the NFC North uh, uh, train. But yeah, I don't I, I don't think they're I don't know I, I think they're a candidate to to surprise. Yes, I think they're a team that could be that could be better than we're used to them being. Um, you know, we'll see. I mean, it's 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 this year a bust for Matt Patricia. There's no question about it. He knows that. And so, uh, you know, he brought in a couple of guys on defense that he knows from new England and maybe that helps, but yeah, we'll see. It's been a while. It's been a while. It's been forever since, uh, since we considered the lions a real contender and, uh, and uh, we'll see, but I, I see where you guys are coming from. I just feel like Minnesota um, probably still looks like the favorite
0: there. I'm marking that down as a yes. So welcome. To the- <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Let's get to rushing guards here. So, uh, of course, several candidates come to mind. There are guys like Christian McCaffrey who, you know, might not be a rushing yard champion, but a guy who, you know, uh, so productive with the ball in his hands as a receiver as well. But just in terms of rushing yardage, who do you think will be the NFL's mm-hmm. rushing champ this upcoming season? Ezekiel Elliott.
1: And I, I feel okay. like it's almost an easy pick. Really? I mean, he has... Well, the first three years of his career, he led the league in rushing yards per game. Right, in the second year, he was suspended six games, so he didn't lead the league in yards. And the last year, he he fell all the way, he tumbled all the way to fourth. So it's not you know it's not as if this is this is a guy that's lost it. Um, I think there's a there's a narrative about Mike McCarthy and being uh, pass heavy, but you know I don't from what I understand about Dallas. I don't expect the offense to be significantly different from last year because Kellen Moore was kept as the coordinator and they believe in in grooming him. And I think it's going to – there might be some tweaks here or there, but I I think it's going to be closer to what we saw last year in Dallas than what we saw from McCarthy in Green Bay. And quite honestly, Bill, when did McCarthy ever have a back like this in Green Bay or anywhere close to it? I mean, it's just not – he just never had an option like Elliott in the run game. So. Uh, The idea that he would historically has shied away from it, I I think might have more to do with the personnel he had. And this guy is obviously leaps and bounds ahead of of anybody he's had before and and almost anybody that's in the league right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, they were a team that basically – you know, they had some draft picks go wrong, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also had, you know, they just put sign guys off of the waiver wire and then put them in starting roles. Yep. You know, they won a Super Bowl with James Starks as their primary running back, uh, who was a late-round pick. So, I mean, yeah, you know, absolutely. They were a a totally different organization, and Zeke is a totally different caliber of running back relative to the guys they had in Green Bay. Absolutely makes total sense. I I Zeke, I don't know if Zeke would have been my number one pick, but Zeke is definitely in the top three for me. I'm, I'm going to be basic. I'm going to go with Derek Henry. I just think so much of that yeah. offense is built through him, built through, you know, uh, what, what he's going to do. They want to be a power football team. They have Ryan Tannehill. They're going to throw the ball a fair amount, but it's going to be off of play action. And, you know, I, he could always get hurt, of course, but big physical guy. I think he's, you know, uh, at, at relatively lesser risk to get hurt than maybe other players who aren't quite as big. But, um, You know, at the end of the day, I just think we're looking for who has the highest guaranteed workload. Who's a pretty solid running back for me, and I think Henry is is definitely up there. You know, I think with Zeke, the only concern I have with Zeke is that they did throw the ball a lot last year, and maybe they won't this year. I could see them, you know, being more effective running the football and um, you know winning more games, and so I could see them not throwing the ball quite as much this year. But uh, with Henry, I just think you're guaranteed if he's healthy to get those 275, 280 carries, and so that's such an advantage to me. So I'm I'm going to go with Henry as my kind of boring pick, but who's your, who's your uh, Let me
1: ask you though, before we move on to that, do you know who was the last player to lead the league in rushing two years in a row? That's
0: a good question. I don't know.
1: It's LaDainian Tomlinson. So you're going back 13 years. So it's, it's tough. I mean, running backs get beat up. You know, they go back to like Edger and James did it. Barry Sanders did it. it. It is not accomplished very often.
0: Yeah, and that's a guy who not not just last year only got three. Sorry, had three hundred three carries in the regular season, and then also had yeah eighty three more in the postseason. Yeah, I felt like realize. felt like another
1: three hundred. Yeah, of
0: course, um, the postseason. So I mean, yeah, you know, I, I think there's a couple other guys you could pick, and maybe I'm just being too simple pick the guy who won last year but i just think the work no i
1: harder. i guess i just wanted to point out that it would be an exceptional accomplishment certainly he's capable there's no question about it i mean obviously the offense is going to run through him so it makes a lot of sense but i think it's uh i just find it interesting because of the sort of the fragile nature of the position mm-hmm. that um guys find it difficult to to deliver at that level uh two years in a row
0: absolutely very fair point who do you have as your long shot selection you know, Joe Mixon rushed
1: for more yards from week nine on last year than anyone in the league other than Derrick Henry. And that's yeah. a Bengals team that I think they, they know he's their best player. And it took, I think it took Zach Taylor about half the year. Remember, they had bad offensive line injuries. They yes. basically lost two left tackles before the season started. Mm-hmm. took them about half the year to get the line where they wanted. And And, uh, you know, quarterback play was shaky last year. So I think Mixon's a guy, obviously, they believe in him. They just extended him. I think they know how valuable he is, catch the ball a little bit. So I think he's going to be on the field a lot. And he is, I I would call him a candidate to lead the league in rushing based on what what I know of their plans in Cincinnati.
0: I mean, you got to figure they wouldn't have given him that contract if he was not going to be the focal point or one of the focal points of that offense. So absolutely, I think he is a very viable long shot a guy going at the bottom of the first round right now in fantasy drafts typically but a guy who you know could be uh one of the top three or four running backs in football and a guy who also had i believe a very low touchdown total a year ago that uh, again to quote our friend mike clay or refer to mike clay's research um have to figure that's going to bounce back only five touchdowns as a runner on mm. 278 carries last year unlikely to recur He's projected for seven on 268 carries uh, here in 2020. If I'm going to go for a long shot, hmm. Okay. I know who I'm going to pick. And I don't, I'm not sure I want this to happen because I'm going to look like a big idiot if it does happen. But what about David Johnson? A, a guy. Ooh. Who, I mean, we're not, you know, I, I I didn't like that trade. I don't remember if I talked about it with you. I'm, I'm guessing, of course not. I'm guessing you had questions about that trade as well. Uh, I think a lot of people did. But, that's all a sunk cost at this point. That's all water under the bridge. does not matter. Um, you know, you can't, can't go back and make, un, undo that trade. But the fact that Bill O'Brien traded DeAndre Hopkins for a swap of fourth rounders, uh, David Johnson, and a second round pick tells me he thinks David Johnson is a really good running back. And we know in the past, David Johnson has been a good running back. And
1: yeah, I that that, there's one of your comeback player of the year candidates right I mean if he were to bounce back and and perform at that level I mean he hasn't been over 3.7 yards per carry since 2016 (laughs) he was healthy last year and and the and the Cardinals still didn't use him they and they traded for Kenyon Drake to replace him so I mean maybe Bill O'Brien Bill O'Brien look, he he won the division four out of the last five years He, he contrary to most of this off-season narrative. He's a guy that, coaching-wise, at least knows what he's doing, mm-hmm. but um yeah, that would be something. It, it would, but Imagine if uh David Johnson leads the league in rushing, and DeAndre Hopkins like holds out for a contract in Arizona that O'Brien would look like a genius all of a sudden.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, and that's not impossible to imagine happening. I mean, this is a team that has invested a ton in their offensive line, so the line should be pretty solid, and we know, based yeah. on, on how much they traded for him, that he's the guy i mean unless he gets hurt you got to figure he's going to get a ton of touches there duke johnson will be their receiving back but he's going to be their primary ball carrier so you know he's a guy who i think nobody's thinking about right now but i wouldn't shock me if he was in the running for uh the rushing title so i i I would go with him anyone else who comes to mind for you as someone worth mentioning as a you know a viable contender
1: there's one, but before I get to that, I want to make a point. That I'm very concerned about the fantasy nightmare in, uh, in Houston when you're checking your stats and you see oh, no. D. Johnson with the touchdown. Like, it's gonna, the people are going to be lost all year. Which D. Johnson was it that got that touchdown? Was it the one I was starting or was it, you know? So that, that, I, I think that's very inconsiderate of Bill O'Brien and, and uh, one of these guys should think about finding a way to, you know, maybe change your name. This is why, but,
0: this is why uh, Damian Williams held out in Kansas City so he didn't have the Damian. Exactly. Running. Daryl Williams, problem. because
1: who wants that kind of confusion in their lives? I mean, it, it, things are complicated enough, Bill. I mean, really, we need two D Johnsons running the ball in Houston. I, I just don't know what they're thinking. The other guy I wrote down, and I'm, I'm a little concerned about his health right now. Uh, but if he is healthy, I think Miles Sanders is a huge part of the plan in Philadelphia. And um, I know they're banged up on the line. Very worried about that team injury-wise overall, and him in particular. But uh, he was the top 10 guy in rushing over the last six or seven weeks of last season. And I, I, and Jordan Howard gone. Uh, he's, he's a big part of their plans. And uh, if he is able to play all the games, then I think he's going to pile up a lot of yards, rushing and receiving, honestly.
0: You know, we actually didn't talk about the news when we started the show, and there's some news to discuss. Can we talk about the two running backs for a minute? Sure. Okay, so two running backs who have come up in the past couple of days, Leonard Fournette and Alvin Kamara. So first, in terms of the Leonard Fournette situation, were you surprised he ended up in Tampa Bay? And do you think it's a good fit for, for uh, both sides there?
1: A little surprised because it seemed like they were, you know, hyping Ronald Jones uh, all summer. And uh, they, I mean, look, they brought in LaShawn McCoy, but I don't, you know, I, I don't know that M- McCoy is necessarily a, a super viable guy to get a lot of touches at this point. I know they're saying the right things, but it still would not surprise me to see him cut uh, in the wake of the Fournette signing. So a little surprised. I was running up by some people last night, and you know, scouts and player personnel, people that uh, at other teams around the league, and and the, the response was, yeah, Ronald Jones is a good player, but you need to have two, and and there isn't a lot of league-wide belief in McCoy still being viable. They did draft a guy, Keshawn Vaughn, Uh, but I guess he's missed some time this off season and and I think it's going to be tough for rookies in general. So, you know, obviously the plan in Tampa this off season has been to add veteran talent on offense. Um, It's received some level of publicity, Uh, but I I think, so it makes some sense to take a shot. I'm sure it's not going to cost much. And, And it's a guy that caught 76 passes last year and been over a thousand yards you know, two out of his first three. I mean, there's talent there. It's just, it went sour relationship wise in Jacksonville. So I think if you're Bruce Arians and the Bucks, you bring them in. And if it turns out you don't like having them around, then it's probably not going to be too hard to get rid of them. But if uh, the upside is certainly, is certainly there.
0: I, I just find it interesting that, you know, Leonard Fournette has been, is it fair to say a disappointment in Jacksonville? I mean, I, I don't want to yeah, you mean, know, blame you him entirely
1: you're the four pick and you don't get through your rookie contract, I think you're a disappointment. Yeah. Right.
0: And, and you know, and I mean, there's other issues there. There's been some uh, concerns with Tom Coughlin when he was there, obviously they butted heads. There was a, you know, a, a suspension that caused Fournette to uh, have his guarantee vacated. I mean, it was not a, it, it was probably best for both sides to move on. I think it's fair to say, it. but this is a guy who nobody in the NFL would even trade a seventh round pick for, over the mm-hmm. offseason, when he was available, because I didn't want to pay...
1: Or, or claim on waivers.
0: Yeah, or claim week. on waivers to, pay, to, to yep. pay that about $4 million base salary.
1: Yep. If he were the only player that had a relationship with the Jacksonville Jaguars go sour over the last couple of years, mm-hmm. then I might be more worried. Yes. But he's far from the only player that a relationship with the Jaguars go sour over the last couple of years. And at some point you know, there's a common denominator. I'm not saying that he's innocent and I don't know all the details of what went on there, but uh, man, I tell you, it does not sound like a lot of guys like playing there and, and uh, we'll see how they do, how, you know, guys like Ngakwe and obviously Jalen Ramsey already with the, with the Rams. See if these guys start to flourish once they're out of situations that are that are unpleasant for them, whether it's uh, from their end or the team's end or both.
0: It's totally fair. And absolutely. That's a very reasonable uh, conclusion. My only thing is just that Leonard Fournette was not that good, and I'm not saying he can't be that good because maybe he is. But to like hear the discussion about Leonard Fournette now on the Bucks, like, oh, we built a super team by adding Leonard Fournette, mm. just seems at odds with how he's performed so far as a pro.
1: Yeah. I mean, look again, last year was his best year in some ways. He was, he of was course. over four yards of carry for the first time. He caught all those passes. He caught more passes last year. Than he did his first two combined, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he, he was the fourth pick. It wasn't like, you know, he was not well-regarded. He's 25. I mean, you know, yeah, I, I think I, I, everything's, everything's a sliding scale, right? If they'd paid $10 million to sign him, I think they're crazy, but they mm-hmm. they didn't pay anything close to that. So you know, I think that, I think he's worth taking a shot on, and oh, sure. if if he's disruptive and he's not that good, I don't think it's gonna I don't think it's gonna hurt them very much.
0: Mm-hmm. That's fair, absolutely fair. Um, the other running back who came up. And I always, the other thing I found interesting in the Leonard Fournette discussions is that I had people telling me, oh, well, the Saints will just trade Alvin Kamara and sign Leonard Fournette yeah. and put him in the Alvin Kamara role. And I thought, That's I don't not, I don't think yeah. those guys are the same thing. I mean, I, you know, maybe, maybe Sean Payton's pretty smart, but I would be surprised if that worked. But uh, Alvin Kamara, very briefly, I don't know if it's still the case, as we record this, he is still unsigned in terms of an extension. Yeah. But for about an hour there, it looked like Alvin Kamara was about to get traded. So what do you think about the Alvin Kamara situation? Was it just a smokescreen? Was he legitimately available? And what, how do you think this ends up over the next few days?
1: I think this is a contract that gets done before the season starts. It just, it just feels like there's enough motivation on both sides to make something happen. I think what we saw this week is, you know, there's all this making of the sausage coverage in a lot of these situations. And I think what we saw this week was a flare up of emotions on one side or both right where like maybe negotiations hit a point where someone be it the player be at the coach be at the gm you know be at the agent got upset and we got to a point where like oh you know if he doesn't like it we'll trade him um and i think you know we, what we saw on wednesday was damage control both ways sean payton in a press conference said they were actively working on it kamara went back to practice everybody seemed happy i, I think this is a deal that gets look there's the gap between the $13 million a year guy and David Johnson, whose contract is a couple of years old, mm-hmm. plus the $12 million a year guys, Derek Henry and Joe Mixon just signed this off season. And then you go up to Zeke and McCaffrey at 15, 16. Mm-hmm. Obviously he wants to be up there with those two guys, but you know, there's just not a lot of reason for the saints to do that. And there's plenty of workload related reasons for them to say, you know, you're not the same kind of guy. So mm-hmm. I say give him 13.1, 13.2, whatever gets him ahead of David Johnson. Tell him he's the third highest paid running back in the league uh, and everybody's happy. And I think that's probably where it ends up landing. But, uh, you know, we'll see. It could take another weird turn here in the
0: next week. I mean, even if they don't sign Kamara to an extension, obviously a holdout is not really on the table given the new CBA rules or an extended holdout in the way that it was in the past. Do you – think it would be better for them to go trade Kamara as opposed to just letting him play his contract out and picking up a comp pick, you know, in free agency, given that they're trying to win a Super Bowl this year with Drew Brees.
1: No. And, and this is why I think we've heard all off season, because there's been so little practice because, you know, there, there's been so little time together as a team that the teams that are set up the best are the ones with the greatest level of continuity. And the saints have sort of been held out as the, the, top example of that maybe the Chiefs obviously but in the NFC the Saints as a team that's, that's got some continuity has been through a lot of stuff together the last three years and, and I think doing something this disruptive a week before the season starts would would really chip away at that And I know the Saints are very confident in their ability to to and Peyton's ability to put things together and keep things together but this this is a great player who's very important to them and I think there's motivation from there and to get it done as, as much as there is from his.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it just makes the most sense for everybody involved. But, you know, I mean, how many trades have happened over the past couple of years where I've thought, well, this doesn't make sense? Why would the Giants sign Little Beckham to an extension and then trade him six months later? That makes no <laughs> sense. And then that's exactly what happened. So I. It sure is. Seems seems unlikely, but uh, we will certainly see. But I think Kamara uh, is going to be there for the foreseeable future. Okay, we get the two news pieces. I forgot to do it at the beginning. That's my mistake. What about. That's no problem. What about thank you. What about receivers here? I mean, obviously, Michael Thomas, head and shoulders above the competition in 2019. Do you think he makes it back there and leads the league in receiving yards in 2020?
1: I went with Julio Jones, Bill. Okay. This I like is a guy it. Who, I like he's, it. He's, well, he's been first or second in receiving yards each of the last five years. So, like, and then the year before that, he was third. So, I mean, I just think he's, he's so consistent in terms of his production. Michael Thomas, obviously, I mean, you can't go wrong picking a guy like that. You know he's going to get the ball a million times. But, uh, again, again, as I mentioned, I, I don't like to go with the obvious. I like to be the contrarian sometimes. And I don't think it's that much of a contrarian position to say a guy that's literally first or second every single year uh, is the top candidate to lead the league in receiving yards. Now, it's starting to sound like I'm all in on the Falcons, which I'm not sure is the case. But in terms of Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, I think that's, you can pretty much bank on consistent performance at the top of the, uh, at the top of the leaderboards.
0: Yeah. I mean, Julio Jones is a hall of fame receiver who has managed to stay healthy year after year after that foot injury earlier in his career, he is always getting the football. He is in a pass happy offense. And I, I, I don't think that it's unreasonable to say, Hey, if Matt Ryan is your pick to lead the league in passing yards, those passing yards got to go somewhere and they're going to go probably to a combination of Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, and Hayden Hurst. So wouldn't shock me if Julio Jones led the league in receiving yards, if Matt Ryan did lead the league in passing yards, I'm again, I'm going to be boring. If you want to go with the exciting pick, I appreciate that. That's why you are a star guest on the show. I'm the boring guy. I'm going to say Michael Thomas just because he got so many targets last year. And even if you step backwards uh, in terms of the target share, he was so far ahead of the pack let me ask you Dan because I'm thinking of Michael Thomas thinking about how he might top the past two years does it matter to you that this is probably the last year where a receiver is going to have a shot at getting 2,000 yards in 16 games like will it feel cheap to you if someone gets 2,000 oh yeah a 17 game season a couple years from now
1: good question I guess uh we haven't really lived through that have we in terms of expansion of a season uh, and i mean it's happened before right i mean that's certainly when they went from 14 to 16 there was there was certainly talk of that i know baseball records you know when they played 154 games versus 162 so yeah I, I hadn't thought of that that's a good point uh but uh yeah obviously i think somebody will get there once it goes to 17 games so yeah it would be an interesting thing to follow if, uh, if someone got close one of these guys got close but uh yeah, that, that's a good point. Had not thought of
0: that one, Bill. Um, well, thank you. I, I I would like to see it happen. I would like to see a two thousand yard season. In sure. this last always love seeing
1: exceptional games. things happen.
0: Um, yeah. so if, I feel like people. I feel like we will, if it happens two or three years from now, because it'll be so close to that 16-17 game break, we'll be like, ah, it doesn't count for anything. You needed to do it in sixteen games, but it's still impressive either way. Obviously. Um, in no terms of long doubt. shots, in terms of long shots, do you have a favorite here? Uh, to compete with Julio Jones?
1: O.L. Beckham Jr. Remember that guy? We just talked about him. Hmm. He is apparently, Jr. from what I'm told, he's healthy, buying in. This is like Cle- the whole Cleveland operation is kind of like a post-hype sleeper candidate this year. Sure. Mm-hmm. And and certainly him, uh, along with the quarterback there, um, just hearing nothing but positives. Obviously, there's there's there are very few – Guys in the league as mercurial as Odell, but when things are going well, uh, you know he's he's great to have around and he performs at a high level. So uh, that was my pick there in terms of the sleeper, Um, him and and the other name that came out came to mind um, is a guy I think is the is the next big contract extension we're going to see, which is Kenny Galladay in Detroit. I think that's Mm -hmm. a guy is just on the upswing and and headed toward bigger and bigger things, and the Lions know it and they'll continue to lean on him.
0: Yeah, I think for the Lions. Anytime you get a draft pick you're impressed by, probably good to sign that guy to an extension. I think keep him
1: around.
0: <laughs> it's like, you know, like the uh, who is it, Zach Cunningham? Where it's like, I don't know if Zach Cunningham's the third best linebacker in football, but hey, you, ne- you know, you got a good player, hold on to him, you know, sign him to an mm-hmm. extension. Makes the GM look smart, you know, makes, makes the executive look smart. I go from there. I am going to go with my long shot here. I'll go AJ Brown. I know I picked, I picked Derek Ooh. Henry with the and rushing yards, but I think with AJ Brown what comes to mind for me is just he's going to get a ton of workload. you got to figure in year two, we see a lot of receivers make that year two leap. Um, He had a very special rookie season. don't think he's going to have, you know, as many long touchdowns necessarily, but a guy who I think could get a drastically increased target share. So if they are as effective, if they aren't running the ball as much, if they are throwing the ball more frequently, you know, A.J. Brown could be in line for 150 or 160 targets. That to me is, you know, the sort of thing you need to have, a chance at winning this award and i think to your point earlier about ben roethlisberger i'd also throw juju smith schuster in there um playing for his contract yeah. this year uh again no antonio brown uh, they have deontay johnson they have eric ebron have james washington have some guys who can catch the football but if ben is healthy you got to figure juju is number one with a bullet in that offense and that could be the opportunity for a really massive target share and You know, he obviously has to stay healthy. He was not healthy last year in addition to Ben, but I think a guy who, you know, had almost, I think, 1,500 yards during his breakout season in year two and took a major step backwards last year could kind of be that guy he was in 2018 again in 2020.
1: I like it, but i tell you what, though. If A.J. Brown leads the league in receiving and Derrick Henry leads the league in rushing, then uh, the Titans are going to be pretty tough and probably get a pretty high uh, playoff seed. So that'll be... I, I know the Titans fans who are listening are hoping your predictions all come true. And, <laughs> and uh, also the, the keeper decision I've made ahead of my fantasy football draft next week hopes you're right about A.J. Brown.
0: You're, you're doing your fantasy draft like days before the season starts?
1: Wednesday night. You know, we, we used to – we've had years where we've done it on like the Friday or Saturday like after the first game, which is really kind of fun because you draft a guy knowing what his week one score is. Right. So that, that kind of, but this, this year we're doing it uh, uh, Wednesday night, the night before. So yeah, I mean, it gives us all time to figure out injuries and Leonard Fournette trades and all that kind of stuff. So uh, yeah, I think that's the best way to do it late as possible.
0: Wow. I had no idea. I, I'm an early draft guy. I'm excited about my fantasy leagues. I want to do them like middle of July before anyone's actually going to need prep work. I think I think it's an advantage towards me, <laughs> well, but I, I appreciate right. that. I, I feel like it adds to the excitement. Of the season to come, so I'm happy. I think AJ Brown's going to be a great player. I think you're in a very yeah. solid place with AJ Brown as your keeper. Um, any other receivers who come to mind for you as as long shots here worth worth discussing for a receiving yardage title?
1: For the yardage
0: category,
1: let me see who I wrote down. Yeah, for yardage category, that was my uh, that was a that was my list that I made. What about? It. But I'm obviously about,
0: yeah. Yeah. What about touchdowns?
1: Touchdowns I like Mike Evans or Devonte Adams. I think, you know, Brady's gonna look for the big guy down there in the red zone and uh and Adams is all Aaron Rodgers has. So I think those were <laughs> those were my two receiving touchdown favorites. Favorites for the receiving touchdown. I think those are two guys that make strong cases prediction wise.
0: Just the sadness in your voice is Aaron Rodgers just by his lonesome. <laughs> with only Devontae Adams by his side. Where are you, Devontae? <laughs> yes. Get open. Just please get you know I'm running around for eight seconds. Psych- I can only <laughs> run around so long. Yes. Poor guy. What a sad situation there for Aaron Rodgers. I think he'll be okay. <laughs> I
1: think he'll be okay.
0: Um how do I pick a touchdown leader? I don't know, it's a good question. I think I would go with maybe Cortland Sutton. In Denver, oh, that's a good one. I think he is a obviously a big body guy, uh, very talented. Has to share the workload, but I think in the red zone, he's going to pop up a lot. Noah Fant will as well, of course. Jerry Judy's going to have a role, but I could see that being a team where you know I kind of have some Blake Bortles vibes from uh, from Drew Locke where good athlete, not always the best decision making, but a guy who is you know going to make some throws and try some stuff and put the ball in some you know, put some 50-50 balls up for his receivers to catch, and sometimes they're going to catch them. This is a pretty good group of wideouts there, so um, yeah. I think there's a long shot. I could see that happening for, for Cortland. Long team. shot. We didn't do also. I forgot do Rushing touchdowns.
1: Rush, oh, we are skipping back to
0: rushing touchdowns. I, I, I forgot. That's, my, that's on me. I apologize.
1: All right. I like this one. Uh, you said favorite and sleeper. I, I went with uh, Chubb for favorite. Nick Chubb for favorite. I think the backfield in Cleveland is... Uh, going to be interesting this year, but he's still probably the better option at uh, the goal line. And Dalvin cook had 13 rushing touchdowns last year for uh, Kevin Stefanski in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. So I'm not, not too surprised if they go ahead and try and run it in when they get down there. Uh, But my sleeper pick for rushing touchdowns, again, this is kind of like the Roethlisberger pick Mm -hmm. Todd Gurley averages 12 touchdowns a year on the Mm -hmm. ground for his career. And, uh, you know, I don't know. He's not going to probably get the ball as much as he did early on in, in Los Angeles. But I think um, St. Louis and Los Angeles. But I think uh, he is uh, probably going to be their best option when they get down close. So again, again with the Falcons. What is, I guess I should pick the Falcons to win their division. All these, <laughs> yeah, all bad. these offensive we're, uh, superstars.
0: We're going to have this Falcons Titans Super Bowl. Uh, you know, at least this offensive juggernaut of a Super Bowl coming apparently at the end of the twenty twenty season in Tampa. I, I'm going to go Saquon. I just think Saquon is going yeah. to get a ton of, talk, a ton of touches. You know, I mean, he might get some more passing t- receiving touchdowns than uh, you might need to get the rushing title in terms of touchdowns, but I think the guy we know is, once they get inside the five-yard line, he's getting the football probably, so uh, I, I would go for him as the uh, as the rushing touchdown leader. Of course, he has to stay healthy. That's the big thing. I think Josh Jacobs is also he does. right in the discussion there. Yeah. Um, Let's finish up here. One more category to get to, I believe. What about sacks? Is there a sack leader you can uh, project for the 2020 season?
1: The guy we should all pick every year is Chandler Jones. Because, I I mean, he's just, he's so consistent, right? He averages 12 a season for his career, 15 a season since he got to Arizona led the league in 2017. He was second last year. I mean, nobody gets sacks more consistently year in year out than Chandler Jones. And I feel like he's a, nobody knows about him kind of guy, right? I mean, you know, unless you play in a individual defensive player fantasy league, you know, he's not getting a lot of attention in that space and the Cardinals haven't been that good. So uh, I I picked him as my favorite to lead the league uh, in sacks this year. I just felt like I needed to do that out of respect for what he's already accomplished.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously a super underrated player for what he's done there in Arizona. And I think probably the best player Bill Belichick has ever traded away uh, in New England in terms of mm. what he did after leaving the Patriots.
1: Yeah, we'll see if Rob Gronkowski can pass him.
0: That's true. Right, what, what are your expectations for Gronk <laughs> this year? Actually, now that you asked. Now I want to hear about that. Do you think, uh, what do you think we see from I Gronk? Think, I think
1: they go real easy with him throughout the first part of the year watch me look stupid in a month I think they go real easy with him the first part of the year limited his playing time they have uh, OJ Howard they have all these other options mm-hmm. I, if I if if I were the Buccaneers and I believed I was going to be in the playoffs I would want Gronkowski as healthy and fresh as possible for January now January is a uh, you know it's a wild card anyway we have no idea if we're even going to get there but um, that would be my plan if I had him and I think they're They have enough that they're going to be able to not lean on him too hard early on, uh, which, uh, which makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think having him for a few selected snaps per game early in the season, let him work his way into shape, and then, you know, having him for those key moments absolutely makes sense. I think you'll see him in week one because they're playing the Saints and they probably want to win that game, but
1: uh, yeah, I'm sure he'll play. I, it's just a matter of how many. I, I, like, check out the snap counts about a month in, and I bet uh, I bet it's a little different than it is over the last couple months.
0: Oh, for sure. I, I I think there might even be games where, hey, you know, they're playing the Giants week eight. They probably don't need Gronk for that game. They'll be fine. Yeah, you know.
1: <laughs> just, Not a big Joe Judge believer, Bill. I don't know.
0: I you know, I I appreciate that he is doing his best. When I saw the quote about. Wanting to get Daniel Jones hit, I'm not gonna lie. I was a little concerned, but hey, we will we'll see. Yeah, certainly he deserves the benefit yeah. of the doubt. In some time.
1: Yeah. Plus, he slips around in the mud with the players, and that's cool. So.
0: That's true. That is absolutely true. That was a fun moment from camp, which uh, always nice to see. I am gonna say, I'm gonna pick Miles Garrett here. I'm gonna pick a guy mm-hmm. who, last year, we know what happened to end his season. Swung a helmet at Mason Rudolph. If he does that again, this prediction's in trouble. I think that's fair to say. But for that point, ten sacks in ten games. That projects. If I could do some math in my head, sixteen sacks for sixteen games. He would not have been leading the league in sacks, but he would have been in that discussion, and had six more games to kind of prove what he can do. He's been consistently a very productive pass rusher from the moment he has stepped onto an NFL field. I think the the uh, Browns. I don't think they're going to be. Are they going to be a playoff team? I think they. Are, I forget whether I picked them to be a wild card team or just miss out. But I think they're going to be a competitive team this year. Going to force the opposing team to throw more frequently, and I think you're going to see uh, Miles Garrett have more opportunities for sacks. You know, I, I think a 18, 19 sack season is not out of the question, given his talent and given the possibilities for what he'll have. So, um, I think a bounce back season for Miles Garrett, a guy who was playing very well before uh, the Mason Rudolph incident happened.
1: No doubt about it. Certainly, he'll be in the conversation, I think, for the top edge rushers if he isn't already and by the end of this year. The one name I want to throw out, uh, again, we mentioned the Ngakwe trade a couple of minutes ago. Uh, Daniil Hunter in Matt. Minnesota is a guy, as a candidate to lead the league in sacks, especially given what else they, they have on that defensive line in terms of people that will require attention from the offense. Mm-hmm. So I think Daniel Hunter is a guy who could really explode onto the scene in terms of a sack leader potentially this year
0: and also it feels like a guy who's been around for you know a decade feels like he's been there for mm-hmm. mike zimmer's entire tenure and you know, like he was there with mike tice you know at some point he's, yeah he's 25 he's still incredibly young
1: yeah it's it's crazy i mean and, and you know they've got him on a good contract i don't know how the vikings do that with their contracts but uh but yeah they they've um they're set up there with him, no doubt about it. And I think they're very, you know, they had some turnover on defense this off season, yeah. which isn't like them, but I think they feel like they've retooled it in a way where they're, where they're younger and quicker and a little bit better. So we'll see.
0: Well, when they come up short compared to the mighty Detroit lions, we will have right. to shame. I forgot. Them for... I mean,
1: obviously you're only talking about a wild card, obviously, yes. because the lions have that, that division on lockdown.
0: I mean, when you have an opportunity to back the Detroit lions, given their storied tradition of success in the past 20 years, you have to take it. It's just what it boils down
1: to. When has that ever burned anyone?
0: (laughs) I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the season. A lot to happen. I can't wait. It's going to be great. And of course, Dan, it's always great to have you on the Bill Barnwell show. Where can people check out more of your opinions of your analysis? Where can they get more Dan Graziano in their lives?
1: I'm Dan Graziano ESPN on Twitter and on Instagram. Where I can actually use a lot more followers. She'd probably be more active for that reason. But uh, I'll be on GetUp a couple days a week this, uh, this season. I'll be, as of now, I'll be going to games on Sundays for Sunday NFL countdown. I'll be in Foxborough week one. So uh, you'll get to a point where it's not a matter of finding me, but it's a matter of can you even, can even uh, get away from me. That's, that's, where, that's where we're headed here in the next couple months.
0: I feel like every time you come on the show, you mention your Instagram, and then you're like, ah, "I got to get more Instagram followers." I know,
1: I, I just stink. I'm,
0: I'm I'm not, you know,
1: it's, it's a, I could get into what age group I'm in, but I don't know that anybody.
0: <laughs> well, Dan, it's always a pleasure. Thanks for coming on the show, sir.
1: Always a pleasure to do it, Bill. Thanks for having me.
0: All right, as always, Dan Graziano, one of my favorite guests here on the show, guys. We're we're almost there. We're a week away from the NFL season. We're going to be talking about more things football next week. I think a little more preview stuff, one more final preview to come, but thanks so much for sticking with us over the summer. I mean, obviously it's been a strange year, uh, a strange off season. I can't even remember what it was like back when we had the NFL. So hoping that you guys are excited about the season. Hope you guys are doing well and more audio coming next week.